0: Yo, this is the story of burning. A boy named John Sue is the middle of working. Comes across an old friend. They started flirting. She gave him a job and end up earning a one-way ticket to bedtime stirring. She went on a trip but quickly came back returning with a guy named Ben who was rather disturbing. They all hung out together, but our boy was yearning for some alone time with his girl, but she kept deterring. One day after our boy was done serving work for his dad whose court case was incurring, his girl was disappeared, which was quite concerning she asked around see oh so he asked around to see what was occurring he met up with Ben and he was learning that no one's heard from her something was alerting but our boy Ben our boy followed Ben and he was observing strange things in his life that were disconcerting after our boy was done researching he came across a conclusion that was rather confirming so they met up fought blood was squirting in the end our boy was alone and hurting that is the, the burning best.
1: That was surprisingly good, I think, yeah. Hello and welcome to All Bad Takes, a show in which a fun and zany group of longtime friends discuss a movie of the month. I'm Delaine Cunningham, your host this month. And with me, I have Josh Ryerson,
0: I'm first.
1: Nathan Ludahl. Buongiorno. And Brian Stevenson. Hi. Ready to talk movies on this fine Sunday morning?
0: Uh, yes. I'm ready. As always. When do we not talk about movies? Really- <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'll insert that, it, you know, we were just talking about Ted Kaczynski right before this. And you know what? Okay. Like, this made me think about Goodwill Hunting. So it is related to movies. Um, oh, oh my god i, to, I had to put one sure it is there. related i guess
0: a
1: <laughs> okay, rough start and wait wow,
2: um, wait to
3: date this podcast now Nathan. i do not like them apples
1: yeah also we didn't really talk about ted kaczynski he came up at like the very tail end of like a 30 minute discussion okay and when you um, say
0: when you say we nathan you mean you and you shouted Kaczynski. yeah no wait that was brian too so there is a we involved all right anyways continue
1: Okay, well, all of that aside, we're going to keep moving. So,
3: we just just restart? We restart this episode?
1: (laughs) No! (laughs) All right, uh, so what's everyone been watching lately? Want to share for the month of May?
3: For for most of May, I have been in TV land a little bit more. Uh, I am really bad at binging shows, but I can muster up the power to... Watch like the rest of a whole series if the show is about to end and I really don't want to be spoiled. So I went through like two seasons of succession, uh, because I was already like I was only on season two when like the la- final season was airing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, I did the same thing with season eight of Game of Thrones, uh, except I had already gotten the end revealed and I think it plays differently than if you watch things week by week but that's another conversation um apart from that uh i just watched uh raiders of the lost ark uh, in theaters uh again uh this last week i'm going to do uh you know every every week i'm going to watch a indiana jones movie in the lead up to dial of destiny because i'm really excited to see that movie not that i think it's going to be like astounding or it's going to be Uh, bad but you know I love this franchise and I want to keep loving it and so going back to it and watching Raiders is one of my favorite movies Uh, it's just it's like a nice it's like a nice it's like a warm bath right it's like a nice cleanse I can watch any movie before that and remember why I like movies when I watch Raiders of the Lost Ark I don't know I watched Raiders powerful work
0: I watched Raiders for the first time when I was a little kid with my dad. And right when the ending goes, uh, spoilers for Raiders, if you haven't seen it. uh, But my dad looked at me and he goes, oh, yeah, this is going to get kind of gross here if you don't want to look at it. And I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, And then all of a sudden the ending happens and I was traumatized for a
2: good amount of my life.
1: Oh, that's really sad.
2: Uh, No, that's great. I I wish more movies would pull that shit. Honestly, yeah. exactly. There's, more family there's no way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I wish Spielberg did that for Fablemans.
1: Oh, boy. Very different movie.
3: Even though, uh, um, you know, I was thinking, can I, may I say one thing about Fablemans and Raiders real quick? Is that there's a monkey in uh, Raiders, <laughs> and uh, the monkey is a Nazi. And <laughs> I'm reminded of the Fablemans when they get a pet monkey and. In the the prom scene, when uh, Sammy is confronted by the the bully who we just made look like a superhero, and he he says this line, uh, he says both like you like anti Semitic asshole, and I have a monkey at home that's smarter than you, and I'm just wondering like like yeah. now that I've seen that film. If in 1980 or 81, whenever they were filming that movie, if that was like on his mind, did there need to be a monkey? And was he thinking like about that bully when when he decided to no, like to that poison, kill take. that monkey with the date? You know, like, was there something kind of un like unraveling uh, as, as he was making that film? I don't know. It's just something I think about because I only think about strange things. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's got to be, like, deeper symbolism between Steven Spielberg and monkeys that appear in his film.
3: He uh, needed a laugh. You needed a laugh. Yep.
1: We'll do an entire episode retrospective on that at some point.
3: Monkeys and, monkeys Spielberg, and Spielberg films.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nathan? Have you watched anything in the month of May?
2: Uh... Mostly re-watches, honestly. I've been like kind of in the similar mood that i've like like TV Land. We just finished Succession and or finishing Ted Lasso. Mm. Uh, yeah, just uh, nothing wrong with it. It's just the weather's nice, you know. And like being in the Pacific Northwest, we just came out of the you know the freeze that was went uh you know winter and spring. So that's nice. um But mostly reading, honestly, and I. A uh, I- I message Del- Delane earlier about a book that I was really high on. It was called A Long Way to a Small, or uh, A Long Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, which is basically if you love Firefly and like Mass Effect and all that, you're probably going to love this book a lot. Um, so yeah, go check that out.
1: Nathan inspired me to buy my own copies, so I will be reading that.
2: Uh, at you next. needed more books.
1: Yes, I I did get bookshelves now so now i have room for all the books but actually not josh
2: really. you speak. need more books you need to read
1: <laughs> we have to teach him one
2: book is too Tell many him. books
0: <laughs> i don't know where to find them
1: oh boy what about I'm you josh trapped
0: in the, i'm trapped in the sound booth uh in the month of may i visited some of you i left the state of california and drove to visit some peeps some family in uh, oregon uh in portland uh, me, Nathan, and Avita went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three in theaters. Oh my god,
2: I forgot about that. I yeah. I tried to suppress that only because now the movie's not bad, but Avita cried I think like six times throughout the whole <laughs> so, thing.
0: For our listeners I'll out bet. there who doesn't know, doesn't know who what Avita is like, she is a animal lover through and through, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Volume Three has a lot of animal abuse in it. Uh and so every so often I think we all ate edibles before we got into the theater. So I'm watching uh a raccoon is getting dissected and I just hear <laughs> and I looked to my left and uh sure enough Avita is whimpering in the corner. Uh but uh I I don't think I was a very supportive friend cuz I actually was kind of laughing at her while she was crying.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Cuz I Thought it was so funny that she was so emotionally invested in a raccoon and an otter uh raccoons, but yeah
1: I, aren't raccoons like don't you have a special bond with raccoons
0: yeah he
2: is a raccoon
3: hmm. okay <laughs> uh for our listeners at home, same, we have a you running you made the soap. same noise Vita made <laughs>
1: Yeah, we have a running joke that Josh is actually a raccoon uh, in clothing um, for many, many reasons. But this joke has persisted for many years and I hope will persist for many more.
0: I am not a raccoon. And any of you have any trash that I could borrow for yeah. a <laughs> friend? <laughs> for reasons. Um, I
3: promise I'm not going to eat it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want shiny things. Anyways, uh, Volume 3 was great. I had a chance to get an early access to watch it with uh, not all the visual effects completed. So it was nice to watch that film and see uh, what they changed, left out, added in. I believe the version I saw had a full-faced Pete Davidson in it talking to Chris Pratt. But I believe in the final movie, they added like an alien, unrecognizable face to him. So it was like, oh, okay. I guess Pete Davidson would be distracting in this Talking Raccoon movie. Um... And yeah, for the most part, I had a great time with it. Great film. Great to meet up with y'all. It was a blast. Delaine, what did you watch in May?
1: Uh, I moved in May. So pretty busy month. Uh, not a ton of time to watch movies. I did watch uh, very late to the game on this film, but I watched Bullet Train.
2: Oh, cool. Wow. Was,
1: yeah, pretty fun. Uh, pretty gross at points, but uh, I did enjoy the like kind of wacky, zany adventure that it was. I wasn't expecting it to be so lighthearted. I was also a victim of internet uh, pranking where I saw on the internet somewhere that the main character was named Bullet T. Rain, and that was why it was called Bullet Train. Um, I was extremely disappointed to find this was not the case.
0: Minus one star.
1: I cannot tell you how stupid I felt when I was like, why did I believe
2: that? Why would they call him that? Why would...
0: Would the fact that he's not on a bullet train already give
2: prompt? I, was
1: like, I didn't know he was on a bullet train <laughs> until the movie started. Um, but yeah, anyway, I was like, oh, his name is not Bullet. Do you right But now I kind of wish that it was.
0: In my mind, he is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so aside from that minor letdown, the movie was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely a fun one. Kind of, a kind of an action movie, heavy spring for me. I watched a lot of John Wick. I watched bullet train. Um, just definitely like knocking out those action movies. Um, I also watched, uh, paprika with Nathan and Avita. I went over to visit them with Faraz and we watched paprika. It was super fun. It was my third time seeing paprika. And every time I learned some more, um, I'm like, wow, this movie makes even more sense than it did. Uh, And I really enjoyed seeing it again. Um, I just, I always love Satoshi Kon's work and uh, it's just a treat to watch anything from him. And uh, yeah, a moment of silence for our, for, uh, the loss of his talent um,
2: maybe that's what yeah. like whoever like December's pick maybe we'll do that Tokyo Godfathers in December uh, that'd
1: be great yeah um, yeah because it was just it was a great experience and then we I actually borrowed Perfect Blue from Nathan and Evita as well and we watched that after um, and uh, yeah just really great double feature um, definitely a lot of Korean cinema and Japanese cinema in my life at this moment um, but yeah Really enjoyed those. Definitely worth a watch if anyone hasn't had the chance to see them. Uh, I don't know where you can stream them and I'm not going to look it up. You can do that. You don't, don't
0: want to be wrong again, right?
1: I can't be cancelled a second time. <laughs> I'll have to but. issue a public YouTube apology. Um, but uh, but yeah. So excited for the summer. Lots of good movies. Lots of time to watch movies, hopefully.
3: Oh my That's god. I can't, I, well, I mean, I know we were just talking about TV land, but like I have to shout out season three of, I think you should leave because it's like just as powerful as ever. And really like, yeah, I don't know if anyone has watched that show, but it's like, (laughs) it's like the funniest fucking show that's on TV right now.
0: Uh, I've seen a brief skit where it was like uh, the guy that has the, uh, the app that tracks his heart rate. And he Mm -hmm. goes like, uh, and it's like, Tim, it's like his doctors, like, do you go to this club? He goes, no, I just masturbated for 15
3: minutes. (laughs) That show, that show is a meme maker. Like everything could just be a meme. There's this great one. That's like a kind of like a, a bachelor parody, but, and they're voting off a character and they're voting off Ronnie. It's like this beach one. And they're like, Ronnie, I think you're just here for the zip line. And it just cuts to him. Like always only using the zip line. (laughs) He's like drinking water as fast as he can, just so he can fuck off and go to the zip line and, He's like, so it's like, every sketch is sort of... They're all kind of different, but they're all basically the same premise as, like, you know, annoying people or insufferable people who just cannot accept that they're wrong or that, uh, you know, just flawed people being flawed. But it's it's highly worth your time. There's only, like, six episodes per season, and every episode is, like, 15 minutes long. So, I mean... uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's it's so, it's so good.
1: All right, we are gonna get into the actual movie that we're here to talk about, which is my pick for this month, uh, 2018 Korean psychological slow burn, <laughs> thriller burning. Uh, it's based on a short story by acclaimed Japanese author Haruki Murakami, who also wrote the story that Drive My Car was based on, which was, uh, the Oscars 2021 international feature winner. I think I have that year, right? Um, And since watching this movie, I have learned from Wikipedia that Burning was director Lee Chang Dong's return to filmmaking after an eight-year hiatus and that the film Mm -hmm. has been universally acclaimed ever since. So that is a short blurb about the movie in its broadest strokes. really doesn't get into the two-and-a-half-hour, you know, uneasy, melancholy sort of neo-noir uh, experience that burning kind of was for me um but i'm really interested I, oh go ahead josh uh,
0: can i break the ice uh, yes because i have a burning rap wow uh, uh, it, can i have someone uh drop a beat please
2: got this brain I, right, i'm fine. white mm-hmm.
0: drop a beat okay yeah, so Brian to you know, this. I, feel, I feel i feel that just. that was
1: that All was something you right. could have warned us about maybe like at any point in the lead up to this recording. I liked
0: surprises, but anyways, okay. here we go. Yo, this is the story of burning. A boy named John Sue is the middle of working. Comes across an old friend. They started flirting. She gave him a job and end up earning a one-way ticket to bedtime stirring. She went on a trip but quickly came back returning with a guy named Ben who was rather disturbing. They all hung out together, but our boy was yearning for some alone time with his girl, but she kept deterring. One day after our boy was done serving work for his dad whose court case was incurring, his girl was disappeared, which was quite concerning she asked around see oh so he asked around to see what was occurring he met up with Ben and he was learning that no one's heard from her something was alerting but our boy Ben our boy followed Ben he was observing strange things in his life that were disconcerting after our boy was done researching he came across a conclusion that was rather confirming so they met up fought blood was squirting in the end our boy was alone and hurting that is the The burning crap
1: That was surprisingly good, I think. Yeah. Fire. How? Wow. Good. Yes. Um, wow. And what a great recap of the entire film, Josh. How long did that uh, take you to to come up with?
0: I immediately thought of that after I finished the movie. I was like, man, there's a lot of things that can rhyme with burning. What? And then, (laughs) uh, I think I was joking with my roommate because he was asking me what was happening with the story. And then I was recapping it while also rhyming with burning. Yes. If well, I guess we should just transition my our thoughts. That's our cold on the film. open. Yeah, that's our cold that's our, open right there. All right. <laughs> that's our cold. Uh I enjoyed the film. Uh I'm glad that I was given context for drive my car cuz I was like, oh yeah, this is this is pretty slow. This is pretty uh this is a slow burn of a film and uh it takes its time but it utilizes its time beautifully and uh Boy, oh boy, I got to say, God, Steven Young, I love him to death. I love him. And he's such a good actor that he made me hate his character. Uh, Every time he talked, it made me make that face from Parasite, the guy who drives while, like, (laughs) listening to that rich woman behind him. Anytime he said anything, I was like, this motherfucker needs to die. (laughs) He's like, I've never cried. And I'm like, (laughs) motherfucker.
1: Yes, agreed. Stephen Yun was fantastic.
0: I love I love Stephen Yun so much that it takes a real talent for me to not like him.
1: Yeah. What did you guys think? Was I was kind of surprised. um, Like Stephen Yun, and to be fair, I'm an American audience member, but like he's obviously the only cast member I recognized. Um, I didn't know any of the Korean actors, which I thought kind of worked. I don't know. Maybe it's just my lack of knowledge of Korean cinema, but um, it was kind of nice that they were not like known actors. Um, yeah. cause Stephen Young had to overcome that, like, I, that feeling of likability that like he, he kind of has, I think with a lot of people, um, then with me as well, like I was like, oh man, like his casting works because you want to like him, but he makes it really hard in this movie. Um, but yeah, I think, um, his character was definitely the most interesting to me of the three leads. I really, I struggled a little bit with like the one dimensional feelings of the protagonist and the, the love interest character.
0: I could relate. I was like, you know, I got some with this girl. Man, I would like to have get some more with this girl. I could relate. And I was like, you know what? I, I feel a struggle, which again made me hate Stephen Yun more because Stephen Yun's like, I'm the more interesting guy. I live a very interesting life. And this guy's like, I don't know. I got a cow.
1: Yeah. What about you guys? Brian, Nathan? Uh,
3: I mean, yeah, Stephen Yun is a real standout in this film for me. He's. He's, he's really charming and it would have worked on me, whatever he would, would like, it's, it's, it's weird that he is so charming and yet like, Josh, you were saying that you like, you hate his character Mm -hmm. and yet like, we don't really see him do anything like, (laughs) like bad. Like we don't see any of the actions that are, that he's suspected of doing yet. We totally kind of believe it. Yet mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this when we were when you were talking about, you know, how he's never cried and how he's like, you know, he's like this Gatsby figure. Like you have no idea how he how he gets all the yeah. money, but like maybe like Gatsby, he's just kind of a, a fraud in a sense. Uh, he uh, maybe he has cried. Maybe he's just lying. Maybe he's just like, you know, liar, liar, pants on fire, you know, to get into the burning uh, theme of the film. Yes, keep I don't them know. coming. I, that's just that's just how I'm able to <laughs> how I'm able to connect these things is with words that are synonymous to uh, you know themes in the in the film. He's so handsome too.
2: <laughs> uh, he, he's so hot. I know. It's like as <laughs> soon as like he came on screen, I was like, yeah, I get I get why she uh, don't want to mess with Tzu uh, anymore. It's 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 okay. Went <laughs> out for I
0: he's got to be honest. He you got to be honest here. He's like the luckiest guy in the world. He like, met up with this girl that- Is he lucky? Cheated. I don't- I, <laughs> No, I mean, he's like, <laughs> before the, all, the incidents, he's like, minding his own business. This girl's like, hey, I'm hitting on you. And he goes, oh, okay. Hey, come to my place. Oh, okay. Hey, you said it was an ugly piece of shit. Anyways, I'm gonna fuck you. And then he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, he literally did nothing. Gosh, and this
2: girl is like not mentally there, and I think that's like part of the like. Regardless,
0: he w- he got pretty lucky with her, so you know he wow. should. uh He should be thankful that he at least I got. Used to not
3: be allowed to go. Abroad. I would say that I'm the luck gonna- stopped at a certain point.
0: Oh, I, I gotta <laughs> say something. So first of all, Delane. Speaking of liar, liar, pants on fire. Uh, it. I watched this movie on Tubi, and if our listeners. Oh, <laughs> uh, especially especially you, Megan. I know you listen, so I want to shout out to Megan real quick. You're you're awesome, gal. But um, <laughs> Delaine, you said it wasn't on Tubi. Guess what was on Tubi? Oh, this I'm so happy. Film.
1: Well, I mean, I'm and happy I thought you going to say liar, wrong. liar.
0: <laughs> uh, but what also was so funny because it was on Tubi? Literally after the second after he's done fucking the girl, I get an ad.
3: <laughs> so oh, it's a shot of, like, the shot of the closet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: it just, like immediately goes into an ad. I'm like, affected. To me too. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch it through Tubi. Sorry, Tubi. But it did like have ads, and that's the exact moment also where it popped up with an ad. I want to know the guy
0: I'm that would. The I want to know the guy that was like, we're gonna put it here.
3: <laughs> break you guys the need to
1: like. Why didn't you watch it on Peacock? That's where it, no ads and it's free. Like, I mean, I know we love Tubi here at All Bad Takes, but um. Okay, well, what? I do apologize for not knowing it was on Tubi when I checked Letterboxd Liar. to see where it was streaming. Tubi did not pop up for me, but I think it may not be selected as one of my like preferred bef, services. Bef, again, I'm very before sorry, Tubi. I
3: watched, <laughs> before I watched it, it was actually also on Mubi, which I have, which uh, I'm wanting to uh, watch more on. But uh, it wasn't when I looked for it. And so I'm like, Tubi saves the day again. Also, I, I don't have Peacock anymore even though i will Do i will me, get baby. back to i will get back to peacock because i need to finish poker face another good another series of good mysteries i hey,
2: um yeah, to talk, kind place of for mysteries it, <laughs> i did want to mention something real quick uh before we moved on um i i, I steven yeon is like just like phenomenal in so many ways and he's like remind me as like some like you know another popular like south korean actor um song kang ho who's really you know made his mark in Bong Joon-ho movies and like just the range like both of these people they play very vastly different characters um but are just so just blowing up in every way I don't know I just I don't know this movie remind me a lot of other you know obvious South Korean movies such as like Memories of Murder and um Mm. that's just where I'm drawing the comparison from that's a good uh... call out yeah I think South Korea,
0: th- I guess there's like a big theme in South Korean films, at least from the ones I've seen, where it's like no resolution there. Just deal with it. Yeah, and that's true. I, I I have never really seen it in like another country tackle that as much as I've seen in South Korean, like, uh, you know, crime dramas. Very uh, existential. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, you're not really getting you're point. not getting the answers. Deal with it.
1: You know that's a really good call out because actually that was one of my main takeaways from memories of murder it was like really jarring and yet also it felt very earned that we like hadn't gotten a full resolution of that film by the end um like you really you don't get like a satisfying conclusion um i don't know were you guys satisfied by the ending did like did of burning did you guys think that that was a good place to stop the story
0: I, I saw him light the car on fire and I'm like, oh, that's why they call it that. <laughs> okay, It's like the title of the movie within the movie. I was like, oh, there it is. There I mean, it we'll, is. The
2: titular we'll burning. Probably get, well, well, I mean, we'll Burn get my to car. it more probably as we, you know, our burning thoughts on this movie, but we'll wow. like, yeah, as God we descent more God. into this. Uh, um, Hot take. I, 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 I will <laughs> say like, I will say right away, I actually was not, like, super satisfied with the ending right away. It wasn't until after I let this movie sit with me and I kind of started, like, you know, delving You let into, it simmer? Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, it definitely, what, I can't like, have fun here? <laughs> it was one of those things where the more, like, I let it sat with me, the more, like, I kind of let, like, oh, the thing's under the hood. There's a lot going on there, you know? There's a lot of parts working It's like, okay, I I get it now. I I think I I, I like this more now. And I retroactively like the movie more. But at first, I yeah, I wasn't like super like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I was like, that's solid. So I agree
1: with you, Nathan. It took me like, even though this was my pick, I hadn't seen this before picking it. And the reason I picked it is because I wanted to watch it, but I just hadn't made myself like sit down and and do it. Um, And I was a little bit like worried I wasn't going to like my own movie, to be honest with you. (laughs) I was like, this is really slow and it's really like, like meditative, which I normally really enjoy, but I was having kind of a hard time like getting into the momentum a little bit. Um, and it wasn't until the movie was over and I had had some time to sort of like, I don't know, marinate on it. That's a horrible word choice, but I'm sticking with it. Um, you know, like it, then it started to like really come together for me and like, Oh, I can see why like this works. And, there were parts of it that I thought like, undoubtedly the movie is beautiful. Like the filmmaking is gorgeous. Um, I loved the jazz. I loved the like sort of noir tropes and things like that. But as a cohesive whole, it didn't really work for me until I sat with it for a little while.
0: Uh, speaking of a connection with Bong Jun ho and like, uh, mu- uh, what was it? Mother, something like that. Yeah. I was uh, talking
2: about memory murder, murder, but yeah. *Mother*. But no, but
0: murder. there's like also slow dancing. That's also another thing I I've, I've see. I'm just connecting that to that. Uh, I think the for me, uh, in terms of like the ending, how I felt about it, uh, I think because I, I I don't think the point was to find her. I think the point for our main character was just to find his own conclusion. Uh, and that seems also to be kind of like a theme within this film, is just like, what is justice? And sometimes you don't really get the justice you want, but you try to find the justice that suits you. And uh, for him, it was like, yeah, I'm just going to kill Steven Yun. I have enough evidence for me to be satisfied. Uh, and we're just going to go from there. Uh, so I honestly was kind of satisfied. Again, I guess because I just hated Steven Yun's character so much, I was like, you know what? I enjoy this. <laughs> I'm glad he's dead.
3: I have, I have one question thought about the end of the film. And it may be, yeah. uh, it may be, a little of a practical thought. But do you did he know that he was going to stab Ben before he arrived? Because yes, he was ready to mm. burn the car down. But he also, when he got done putting him in the car and setting the car aflame, uh, he removed all of his clothes and put them in the in the car mm. with him. And then he goes back and drives the car, drives his van, uh, passing by mm-hmm. the burning car, completely naked. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you all. And it was also uh, snowing, but or like it was like cold. Right. That's like kind of one of the one of the points is like, uh, you know, he's going to be real cold or whatever. There's I going to be did, shrinkage did, involved. Did, <laughs> I was at the pool. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> shouldn't he? Should he have had like a change of clothes, like something to get into when he got back into this van? Because what's gonna, what, where's he going? What was his plan at that point?
1: You know, I go the, the, home. That's so funny because for us, it's the same thing. We were watching it. He's like, "Where are his clothes?" <laughs> but, I, um, I think it's
2: it's a more stark <laughs> ending with him like being naked, driving away. For that, honestly, mm-hmm. for that reason, I do think yeah. it was like premeditated for the most part. I do think he had the intention of arming uh, Ben. Like, no matter what, I think the more the like better question I ask is like, do we think Ben like really what what was his intentions like going into that meeting more than anything else? Honestly, yeah. I think Actually, his, his perspective is the most fascinating, I think, out of everybody else's in this movie. It's but,
1: true.
2: Like that he bothered to go out there to like meet him in the first. Right. Bit. But he's like genuinely surprised like when he like gets, you know, stabbed and like and he... everything happens. I think so. so. I think he yeah. like I think he like and he didn't have a gun or anything and for what, you know, um everybody else, like including the audience, is supposed to think like he's like, you know, the murderer or whatever he did to Han So it's I like think... it's I think it's more surprising than anything else that he didn't come more prepared for the Could situation. it be that
0: he underestimated our main character?
2: I don't think so at all. I think it was more just like he was genuinely curious about Hammei and like where she was. But mm. that, that, uh, again, we'll, we'll probably get more into that layer with like symbolism stuff.
3: And like, no, I think I that's think,
1: interesting, think Nathan.
3: He's, he kind of played buddy, buddy like the entire mm-hmm. time. Even when, even when Jong Su like, like leaves, leaves his house after finding the cat or, um, leaves, uh, you can kind of see his like his jealousy, even though yeah. you know Ben was the one who, who tells him like, you know, you're the first person I've ever really been jealous of. Uh, but I think he's still playing it very, very cool, very uh, chill, even though these are now uh, the opposite of uh, burning and hot and heat and warm. Uh, I don't know. I think he was, he would have been ready, but yeah, I don't think he was expecting him to, Uh, stab him to death and burn his corpse in the car.
1: I I agree. I mean, I think, Brian, to your earlier question, I think, like, it was premeditated because um, I think the not having an extra change of clothes is just that he probably wasn't expecting to get, like, blood on him. You know, he probably Mm. thought it would be, like, an easy, like, you know, just drive away from it type of thing. Um, But, yeah, I think definitely, you know, Ben, the character, I think he really underestimated jong Su. and I think he also... Mm. He was not only jealous of him, but I think he was trying to understand him. Like, I think Ben is portrayed as like a pretty stereotypical, like psychopath, right? He doesn't have the same type of emotions that like everybody else does. He's not able to form genuine connections the way that like people without that disorder can. And I think, um, we see that where he's trying to challenge Ben to see how he'll react to things. And you see it, I think too, in the scene where he goes to meet him at a cafe and um, Ben is reading William Faulkner. And he said, I'm reading him because you inspired me. I thought that was really interesting. Like why would somebody like Ben who arguably doesn't need to do anything, you know, he doesn't want to do, why would he choose to try to understand jong Su better? And I think it's because he wanted to understand why jong Su and Mi had a better relationship than he did with Hae-mi. Like he couldn't achieve the same level of intimacy emotionally, I think. Mm. That's the sense I got. Damn.
0: But... <laughs> now you're making me seem like a jerk for hating him.
1: No, no, I don't well he's a terrible person. He's like clearly a serial oh. killer, so well, we're allowed I to think... hate him. Could it be could I he think... be a
0: serial killer or is he just like uh the unluckiest
3: cat. person in the world.
0: Well... <laughs> Yes. Not the I think, person in the
2: world. So, so there's two ways I think they really take this. I don't think he's a serial killer but I think the more likely of anything if he is like malicious is that like he's probably a sex trafficker honestly. Mm. Um, especially since like you He know, knows a lot, lot of, these, of hot women. Well I mean so I mean the most interesting thing is like he always brings these like women to like uh, parties with his friends and his friends are all like observing and like seeing how mm-hmm. they interact in social uh, scenarios, dancing mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then like, you know, we never see them again or whatever the case is. But I don't necessarily think he's you know, I think people are led to believe that he's burning them in these greenhouses. I don't think that's it either. I don't think he actually burns actual greenhouses either. I
3: think that's a we never see him do it. Like he says he does it. And then like
0: Yeah. He also said, like, I did one recently and we never see where he like did
2: it.
3: Well, that's
0: Uh,
2: that's him just like playing with Jaime um, and and soo I think like the whole and the whole metaphor thing of burning is like him just messing with them but uh, more than anything so I think he's either a sex trafficker or I think he's just like a really weird rich guy like that and he like views uh soo and Jaime and anybody like of that status as like lower class is like playthings yeah. I think he like messes with them throughout the whole movie and like mm-hmm. we can take two things that happen with Jaime at the end um with her is one she was trying to call because she was being abducted or whatever sent to i i saw this theory that she was sent to africa actually and that's kind of mm. why uh, ben makes that remark he's like i'm here i'm there i mean, names places in africa A one scene but i also think that like she also was like mentally unstable and more than likely probably just like killed herself like during that whole sequence like he had and... her
1: watch and her cat then And, like, why would he deny that they're hers? Do
2: do we
0: have her cat? I like these details that they throw into the movie because we never see the cat in her apartment. And it's a very small apartment. And I'm a cat owner. Mm -hmm. And I know cats can be elusive. But you'll find them eventually.
2: I Uh, mean, everybody's an unreliable narrator in this, right? Nobody, like, really has the right perspective on it. And they all get kind of fooled by the end.
0: And then he finds that cat. And he, like, calls it by its name. But cats don't come to respond to their name. At least mine doesn't. I mean, doesn't.
1: my cat comes to his name, but um but you know, I think that does actually lead into like a really interesting theme of this movie that Brian mentioned, which is like things that vanish or things that aren't there but everybody mm-hmm. is talking about. We see it in a bunch of different places. The cat is a great example of, you know, like we sort of see evidence of it, but never actually mm-hmm. um the the bar- the greenhouse burning. Um also I think the missing well which may or yeah. may not be something. You know, Mi talks about how she fell into it once and Jiangsu saved her, but he doesn't remember. And, like, only a few people he talks to have, like, a vague recollection and nobody knows exactly where it is. Um, but like, you know what
0: also is, like, a crazy thing about, like, disappearance is his mom. Because yeah. there's the whole thing, and I just looked back at my notes and I remembered he said something about how his dad made him burn his mom's clothes, essentially removing any trace of her whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, she just appears. No rhyme or reason. The It literally is just out of the blue. And it's just like another thing related to, like, disappearance. Where was she this whole time? Basically, <laughs> what I'm getting at is, like, there's a big theme within this film of, like, was anything really happening? Like, did anything that we saw see actually happen? Um, you know...
1: That's actually. Yeah. It reminds me. Um, this movie more than anything, more than any of uh, Bong Joon-ho's films or any other Korean film I've seen, the movie that I drew the most parallels with was *Under the Silver Lake*. Um, mm, it was yeah. an Andrew Garfield movie that came out. Oh gosh, twenty right? seventeen. Wa- I remember
0: when we. I remember when we watched it.
1: Yeah, we yeah, it and in, like, I actually.
0: 2019. Yeah,
1: because yeah. it, it had a delayed release, I think. There was a lot of production issues.
0: Um, Do you remember when they had an insert shot of a Spider-Man comic while Andrew Garfield was in a in a comic store? And we're funny. like, oh, oh, that's a reference right there.
3: You know I when they had the know. insert shot of uh, poop in the toilet? And then uh, I can relay that back to this film, shockingly, with the line when Jong-Soo uh, when says, like, to the cat the cat that's not there when he sees the litter is like oh you want to introduce me like you you show me your poop before you show me like you that's a, not nothing a
1: good... <laughs> that's a tie-in there's something there um
3: but <laughs> yeah
2: that's I a very that. <laughs> weird
0: that's a that's a very crazy under the silver lake connection i didn't even know that the <laughs> director was intending that
3: yeah it seems i mean i don't know it's like the writing's it's on the big wall about that
0: yeah, he was a big Andrew Garfield fan. Actually, he was gonna play Ben before uh, Stephen Young stepped in.
1: Okay, for a second, I almost believed that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, no. <laughs> played, I was like, why? He played,
0: he played his nephew, Peter. Yes. Well, Andrew Garfield was inspired by Emma Stone playing an Asian character that he wanted to try it out.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, moving right along. Um, yeah, there. I think there are some pretty like obvious, overt like plot similarities between the two. You have like a woman who like sort of enchants a um, a regular average Joe, and then they have like a magical night or whatever together or something, and then she's just like vanishing. And he has to like, you know, go on this whole discovery, uh journey of discovery to find her. And like ends up learning about himself along the way, hopefully. Um yeah, I actually really enjoy this type of movie. I can't really explain why, but um I think they're always really interesting. I like the idea of like a mystery of a missing person. Um but uh it's interesting that the female characters in these types of movies, like they're often not very interesting. Like you spend the whole movie like searching for this female character who is sort of like kind of leaning into like manic pixie dream girl vibes where she's special and not like the others because she's quirky or she sees the world differently than everyone else. And, you know, as the viewer, we're supposed to like want to find her as well. But I always am kind of struggling with that with this type of film where it's like, she doesn't seem that interesting to me. So we're like, he's spending all wow. this energy trying to find her.
0: There was one detail that I really enjoyed. Uh When she talks about Africa, she talks about the sunset and she's like, I want to disappear into that sunset. And then later in the, like the last time we see her in the film is when she's dancing in front of the sunset. And I thought that was a nice, genuine connection in terms of her character. Um, yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say I found her pretty annoying actually. <laughs> uh it, I don't know, it's just uh I felt like she was definitely like there was some kind of disconnect that I kind of felt with her. Uh, I felt like and I guess that was kind of the point that our main character had this connection and then it just never gelled with her again. Um and he's like trying to like reconnect that. Um and she's kind of just doing her own thing. But, I again, it's, like, I just don't know really much about her in general. I have a general sense of, like, her wants and needs. But just, like, in terms of who she is, I'm kind of drawing a blank.
2: That's kind of my, always, my, I guess, one little critique about a lot of the, like, these, like, South uh, Korean, like, psychological thrillers. Is that women, a lot of times, are just, like, used as plot devices more than anything else, I guess. Um, I mean, like... Uh, some directors do it better than others. I think Bong tends to do it better, especially like later movies like Parasite and Mother and whatnot. Um, but like, you know, in Decision to Leave, that's kind of a little bit the similar vibe too, is the manic woman who we sort of like understand what she wants, but like I guess the protagonist stuff supersedes whatever she wants for her own mental health. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, sorry. Uh but it's I don't know, I and, like, you know, Park Won-chun also, uh, I mean, he's done this earlier with Old Boy and other stuff as well. But I, I think to get back to it, I, this woman is, like, not healthy throughout the whole movie. But instead of, like, doing anything to help her, both, like, Junsu just, like, sees her as, like, a sexual object, right? He really, yeah. he says he loves her at one point, but, like, it's... He it, just
0: wants to fuck her again.
2: <laughs> in, in, lame inter- in lame terms, yes. Um, yeah. But like and like, you know, we see that later when he keeps jerking off in her room and like he has like wet dreams of her in her room. He keeps hopping, like invading her like space and doing that, you know. And, you know, Ben just sees her as like a plaything, like more than anything else. Like he really does not like even care about her even when she disappears. Like he's like, oh, yeah, she's broke. Like she's gone, whatever the case is um and this like woman obviously very much needs help even her family like kind of like ditches her because of her credit card debt right later when he goes uh junsu goes to like talk with them at the the ramen shop. she's like well she can't come back until she pays off her credit card debt and like it's just really sad more than anything else and like we we don't really know what happens to her like towards the end we know something did but it's just crazy
1: true like she is sort of a, an island and she's like she's so depressed it's like very sad Um mm-hmm. she clearly is struggling but it is like yeah like she's never really viewed as a three dimensional person by anybody like maybe even and that's probably contributing to her depression and mental health struggles I imagine like if everybody around you sees you well, as her, an extension of themselves
0: her job is being basically an advert walking advertisement yeah uh, you know just an object for people's pleasure to look
2: at and right. she gets well, and replaced
1: like, at the end by that the new girl that Stephen young's character is you know trying well, to
2: it, and even when like june uh ho goes to um like her workplace to talk to him her co-worker like says something like yeah dude this sucks like when uh, like what's that expression like there's no country for women and so there's all these really like tragic like like metaphors of stuff going on about women and in South Korea or, you know, you can apply it to a more general sense, but it's just like really sad. And they like all these characters just like kind of glaze over it because that's not what's important to them. What's more important to them is these really selfish desires.
1: Oh, and I will note actually in, in defense of the movie, um, the short story that the movie is based on the author Murakami, he's considered a very incredible and, and accomplished writer but he also is sometimes criticized for his portrayal of female characters like he plays a lot of the women he writes are they tend to be criticized as one-dimensional or sort of like objects intended to further a male protagonist's arc
3: it it feels really hitchcockian uh Mm -hmm. i'm I'm, i keep thinking about vertigo uh when in this discussion which i wasn't really thinking about when i was watching the movie but now it's becoming way more clear to me it's just sort of the way that Um, that these, that, that these women just kind of go missing and how, um, a man is just sort of obsessed with, uh, either
0: trying to find finding,
3: like finding, finding them or, uh, you know, still getting whatever they got from them that they can't have anymore.
2: This is, um, this is a bit off the beat, but it's, I, I think one of my favorite parts about this movie is the fact that, um, Junso's, um, character is presumably a writer right he graduated with a creative writing degree and all this oh stuff. yeah people like make mentions of it throughout and like like it's funny because like you know ben or uh, brings up it's like Do you know what a uh, metaphor is and like he doesn't answer and like yeah. he talks about faulkner because i think faulkner is like an easy like writer to like point to when you want to mm. like kind of sound smart but he doesn't elaborate on like why really and like i think it's funny that like we see these sequences where he's writing, but he can't like really decipher what the hell's going on like himself. So I I don't know. There's a certain irony to that. Like he's like, like a writer who's supposed to see these like plot holes or see like what's working under the hood, but he can't really decipher it himself. He's not much of a writer and he's not much of a reader. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And that's a really good point. I love characters that are supposed to be analytical or like, creative types and like aren't and And I think and that's another thing in the movie that's there and isn't there like he's a writer but is he you know um (laughs) and also I I did a little bit of research and I haven't I haven't actually read the short story that this is based on yet um but I am told from my research thank you Wikipedia um that the short story that it's based on is it references another William Faulkner story about Mm. burning uh I think Barnes in the Faulkner version, but, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so there is like a Faulkner connection to the source material as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think your point stands, Nathan, that like, it is like a, a big name, a recognizable literary figure that like, yeah, I in I'm into Faulkner. Oh yeah. Tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, (laughs) change the subject. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's a great point. And like, does he, do you, there's like a, like a final shot of Ben, like in like typing at a computer and like writing, I think, am I am I wrong? Did I get, am I getting it mixed up with another shot in the film? Um, no, there
2: is a shot like towards the end where he's yeah. like typing. We're in, you're in um, Jaime's apartment, right? Like, yeah.
1: Like, does he is he only able to be creative, like thanks to her? Like, did he get something out of that relationship after all? Like, what? Like, I, that was something that that kind of I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on because. for me, that scene, that transition for that character was kind of jarring. Like, he goes from, like, presumably achieving his goal of being a writer, you know, thanks to his relationship with Me, but then he, like, chooses at that point to go and, like, take vengeance on Ben, um, which is kind of interesting, like, an interesting sequence of events to happen in that order.
0: I think, I think for our main character, again, kind of like I brought up before, it's like, Maybe he can't come up with an ending on his own, so he has to just, like, or, like, he doesn't know what how to end it, so he's just going to make his own ending. Uh, So he's going to create the conclusion himself that Ben did it, and I'm going to just go and confront him about it and put this story up in a nice little button, Um, because that's easier to digest than, like, the possibility that things aren't the way they appear. Um, Maybe that's just an easier thing for an uncreative writer to do. Maybe it's an act of uncreativeness, him going out and just finding a form of justice that suits him.
3: I think the Hollywood version of this movie ends with him, like hitting the period on a keyboard and, you know, printing (laughs) off like a, 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 like a, you know, uh, a bunch of like a book a bunch of pages and at the top it just says burning and uh uh, i think maybe just by like yeah writing by like doing like this is the experience like we have something to write about you know there's a scene where he's asked like oh you want to write about your dad um Hmm. and i don't know it seems like that he's got a lot of avenues to that he can go down what did but, you guys
0: gather from, uh, from his dad? Cause, uh, like, you know, his dad's like got to be in prison. He has to handle a lot of his dad's work now. What did you guys like take from like the whole dad storyline?
1: I think It was an aspect of like the class theme. Um, you know, he's, I think jong Su is a character who feels trapped by his social socioeconomic status. Um, and I think, you know, his, he feels resentful. He feels mm. frustrated. Like he wants to go into a creative type profession that is arguably not very lucrative, um, unless you're, you know, at the top of your industry. Um, and like, that's a difficult profession to choose when you come from like a working class family, I would imagine in Korea. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the film is is focusing on like uh, the class struggle between like a uh, affluent character like Ben and a working class character like jong Su, and the two of them like, you know, I saw an, an analysis of this film where the greenhouses that get burnt are like a symbol of the lower class and that like rich characters view them as disposable even though they're like a huge part of a lower class family's like income. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm not educated enough to speak to that really too much more. But, um, like, I think that's, like, one of the main struggles of the film. And I, I think... think... Go ahead. Uh,
2: no, sorry. I was just uh, kind of adding to that. I do agree, like, the socioeconomic status stuff, like, plays a role with, the, uh, with a lot of these characters. But in this particular sense, yes, like, he, like, is obviously, like, you know, he lives in kind of a rundown house, like, farm, works a really shitty farmer's job. And then, like, you know, he has obviously has anger issues and, like, keeps going down this rabbit hole of, like, like, oh, he keeps getting in trouble and doesn't have, like, money to, like, get himself out of these, like, situations. Um, uh, but I saw, like, think it plays into the, like, unreliable perspective, like, theme that keeps, like, happening throughout this, because, like, we know he's a piece of shit, and, like, we know he's, like, his dad's, like, not a good guy. Multiple people state this outside of uh, Junsu. But I also, like, and, we're led to believe that's like why his mom like up and left and i think that's part of it but i also like think that like she like you know we see her in the cafe later on who like hits up her son out of nowhere and she like like hardly ever mentions anything she just says like oh i haven't seen you in like 16 years and then go like goes back to like scrolling on her phone like not really caring and like he like mentions something like okay so you're like you're here for money so i think it plays in the whole like yeah she might have left because of the abuse stuff but i also think like she straight up doesn't care about her kids you know like she just did not like give a shit like enough to like um like reach out to them or say anything to them and that like whole meeting like really like solidifies that like oh these these people like have other stuff like that they're not like mentioning like his dad's a piece of shit but his mom's like not too great either
1: and she clearly, like, has done better for herself since leaving that family. Like, she looked right well right
2: off. So. Well, like, straight abandoning her kids, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, obviously she needed to re- leave the relationship, but she straight up just, like, did not care about the kids. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's
1: an interesting character because she is, like, a working class type character who, like, tried to challenge her circumstance and, like, you know, leave to maybe theoretically be more upwardly mobile, but then she has to come back and ask for money. So, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. and that's the only reason she's singing up her upper kid. And it's like, oh, man. And she doesn't even, like, give him the time of day, right? <laughs> Just stares at that phone. Yeah.
1: Well, I have one last question, unless we have any other lingering thoughts. Um, but my last question for you guys, I'm pretty sure we've all seen Drive My Car, um, because we're all Oscar fans. Um, and plus, fantastic film. Listeners who have not seen it, highly recommend. Um, both are adaptations of a Murakami story. I'm curious which one you guys thought was better. Um, a better film, I'm not sure. I, I myself have not read the source material for either of these movies, so I can't say which is the better adaptation of the material, but I'm curious which movie you liked better.
0: Well, I can't read, so I have not seen read either uh, books, uh, which also makes it really hard uh, when it goes to the sub- of watching the movies because I have no idea what they're saying so I kind of just fill in the blanks on my own wow well uh, fortunately
3: Burning has a lot of things burning in it so visually that's good and Drive My Car um, has a lot of driving. well yeah if you, you, you fill it out
0: I will say that yeah the, both those films really play into their title so they really they really get to the point um in terms of which one I like more I think I'm gonna have to go with Burning personally Uh, I think I just connected more with the story in Burning, and I think I was just more engaged. Uh, Maybe that's just the Western mindset of me, where it's like mystery—we gotta figure something out—versus like existential crisis from Drive My Car, where it's like you know both are good. But I think I I think just the story really I connected more
2: with Burning. I I, oh go ahead, Brian.
3: I, I was gonna say is I. Have I've spent more time being able to reflect on Drive My Car than I have with Burning? I saw Drive My Car like two years ago, and I watched Burning less than twenty four hours ago. So I've had more time to think about Drive My Car, and I've been able to, uh, you know, meditate on what the film is 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 doing. I have been have been very I'm very captivated more by the performances in Burning. I think that, you know, it's credit to Steven Yun being such a, a captivating performer. And yet, Drive My Car, They the, the thing is, both of these films are fairly long. I did not have, I did not feel the length of either film when I watched them. Like, Drive My Car is half hour longer than Burning, yet uh, it just kind of like just, I was just able to go right through and and get the whole thing in one sitting Uh, I had to have. I saw it in a theater. But uh, there's something with Drive My Car that I was able to sort of sit down and, and feel, whereas burning is more something that you kind of like watch for. You know, there's something more alerting about burning, whereas Drive My Car has that slightly more meditative nature to it where you can sit and watch it and see a story unfold there's not as much about it's much more a film about resolution than it is about having a question whereas uh burning is much more is much less uh full of of answers and resolution and i think i just i just enjoyed that more with drive my car though i don't you know i don't want to just compare them and say which i think is better but i definitely do get good things out of both films but maybe I get a little bit more from having more experience with Drive My Car, uh, as of right now, at least.
2: I do want to say, I think, uh, I just want to mention real quickly, I think it's really cool that Murakami is just kind of having his moment right now in pop culture, and it's, like, really, like, still going really strong, even past Burning and Drive My Car. Um, I was just watching Ted Lasso, and there's, like, a whole scene where this girl's, like, reading a Murakami book, and they're, like, it directly links with, like, how this character that she's dating is, like, sees, like, women and, like, treats women. So I think it's, like, I think that's a really strong, like, thing that's happening right now in our in our culture. Um, so I'll, I'll say I, I, Drive My Car resonates more with me for, like, a few reasons. I think thematically I was able to attach myself to drive my car more. I I mean, I cried at the end of drive my car. I think it's like such a like powerful movie. I think like it nails, it seems so well. And I think there's not like a wasted minute in drive my car. Like everything is just so impactful. And like, I, there's, there's so many things. I've only seen the movie one time, both of these movies one time, but I can recall so many little things in drive my car that just make me want to like, just like break down crags i think it's like just such a powerful movie you okay um, nathan no but that's like besides the point um whereas burning burning such a like fascinating movie in itself too i think its runtime is a little too long still i think like you can like get down to the nitty gritty of it like without like some scenes and stuff in there i think you can understand and get make it as impactful without being almost two and a half hours long i also think I am probably unfairly comparing it to other South Korean uh, thrillers, like such as memories of murder and like um, decision to leave where I think those movies have, are able to nail their themes and have it be as like complex and um, divert or uh, complex as it is. And so many workings going on under the hood without having it feel a little bit like a slog that I felt like burning kind of was for me personally. Um, And like, so, I, so, yeah, Drive My Car is, like, my favorite of the two.
1: Similarly to all you guys, um, both are fantastic films. It's really tough to, like, choose. I, Burning is the one I thought I would like more before I watched it, um, just because I tend to really love mysteries, and the plot is something that's, like, right up my alley. Um, and I will say I think I love the cinematography in Burning a bit more. It's so beautiful. And the way that so much of it is – so much of the pivotal moments are filmed, like – as day turns into night like right at that twilight you know point of the day really like speaks to the liminal nature of the film and how things are sort of there but not and everything is so deliberate and burning it's it's really beautiful and it's it's just like really captures such a such a mood and such like a an aesthetic um really really well um but i watched drive my car at just like the exact right moment in my life and it really resonated with me at the time i just got like really emotionally Attached to that film, um, just like Nathan was saying, you know. So, um, of the two, I think Drive My Car is slightly, slightly above uh, Burning, but but both are excellent films and absolutely worth a rewatch. Um, but yeah, well, we're kind of running up on time. So, um, anyone have any last thoughts? Do we? What's the final ruling on Burning? Do we like it? Did we dislike it? Would we watch it again? Do a quick fire round.
0: I, I, I guess last thoughts uh, before I get into my rating is that um, this film reminded me a lot of a Coen Brothers film called Ser- A Serious Man, where it's a lot of, and I recommend anyone to really watch that movie. It's one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. But it it falls into a lot of the ideas of, um, did something really happen? What is the state of the situation? There's a lot that happens in A Serious Man where it's like, two things happen and you don't know what the scenario is at that moment. Is this? Is it A or B? It's kind of up in the air. Um, and I felt kind of the same way with this film where it's like, is she missing or is she like dead? We don't know. Did Ben kill her or did he not? We don't know. Um, there's a lot of just like ambiguity with that. And so I connected a lot of that with The Serious Man. Although Serious Man goes into mainly not making decisions and how not making decisions can actually create much more of an issue in your life. But this film kind of just explores the idea of just like answers aren't really as easy as you want them to come by. Um, but I love the mystery aspect of it. Uh, I love the slow burn aspect of it. Um, so yeah, thumbs up all the way.
3: It's going to be a little bit before I watch this again. I don't think I'm, I mean, I I had a, I had a pretty good time watching this. Like I said, it was fairly, easygoing watch for me i you know i watched it just in this space it was still the sun was still out. it was nice and then as just as the film was was finishing you know the sun was already kind of going down and things were getting dark and you know it was a nice uh peaceful thriller (laughs) even though like as as strange of a phrase that is uh i i i didn't feel like uh, i was wasting my time i didn't feel like I everything coming in my head is a is a temperature pun, uh. But I'm not just let it fly. I'm I'm not hot on this movie, but I <clears throat> I do still uh have a warmness about it. <laughs> oh
1: so uh, 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 not a not a a wildfire. warm
3: response. Yeah,
1: but just sort of a campfire. Okay, nice. So so maybe like a th- middle thumbs. Yeah, Trending
3: upward,
0: more,
1: you know, the you know, the it's a nine
3: it's, o'clock. Kind of, it's a nine o'clock thumb, yeah. It's, it's
1: all right, I'll take that, yeah. I dig it, I dig it, Ryan Stevenson. All right, <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> what did you think? Thumbs up, Loft. thumbs down, nine o'clock thumb.
2: <laughs> um, you indecisive people, either thumbs up, thumbs down, don't give it halfways. <laughs> uh, I, I'm still gonna give this thumbs up, but I will like give it with this like caveat, uh, that. Um, this immediately after watching this, I I turned towards my partner Vita and was like, you know, what I want to watch Memories of Murder. And like I said, it's me unfairly comparing that like to other South Korean thrillers that I think just kind of did it better. Honestly, and I think you know that's like the best, and just like me like taking for granted how fucking good Bong Joon Ho is as a filmmaker with both parasite oh with parasite mother all these movies that have so much working under the hood but still hits you like a fucking fire truck by the end this movie i'm like i still think it's good i think there's a lot of good stuff i recognize that it is good i'm not eager to go back and rewatch it necessarily i think i will still probably get like a lot out of it on a rewatch, but it's not something like oh my god i can't wait to fucking like go back to this thing um but i do think it is like you, a good, you don't a good, have a burning passion for it shut the fuck up i am this close to driving to california <laughs> and burning down your goddamn house you're God, this nathan close to driving your red car. hot
3: right now
1: to burn his house down anyway yes nice nathan <laughs>
3: <He's>, <laughs> yeah yeah he's yeah, about nice threat to there. boil over <laughs> like the cat red and... hot right
0: bre- He's red hot mad. The cat boil. is boil. boil and I boil. just sort
3: of notice how like funny that is.
1: <laughs> okay. Speaking was of the cat, oh, the cat uh... an
3: orange
0: cat? No, remember. he was
1: he was gray. He was very cute. Um but I, speaking of <laughs> unintentionally comedic, or maybe I don't know. I was endlessly entertained by the fact that Jong Su is tailing Stephen Yun's character Ben around in this enormous farm truck that is not mm. at all incons- like, it's literally the most noticeable vehicle, and I'm just like you're so bad at this
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, and like, it's so funny like, he like, you definitely know that Ben notices him so many times, oh, yeah. like <laughs> like, come on, what are you doing, man
3: yeah, I think, I ben, is think this, ben is a ben bit more like, like whatever about all this
2: yeah, Yeah.
1: he's
0: like, Again, I, wonder... I, that's why I think he. that's why I think he underestimates him because he's like, yeah, he's not good at this
1: he's so bad
3: Typical, I was
1: crying laughing. Rich person thinking. There's like a tense moment where he like comes up on him in traffic and he's like, oh no, what if he sees me? I'm like,
3: dude, yeah. <laughs> now I, I you're like worrying to,
1: about this?
2: I would it's like, like, like a very recognizable truck. It's like, oh, <laughs> secret agent man playing right
1: yeah. now. Oh God, I just, I could not take it seriously for those scenes because I was just like, dude. Um, but yeah, um, that aside, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, I do want to rewatch it. Now that I know what I'm getting into, cause I did go in like pretty blind. I think I know what kind of mood I need to be in for it. And I do want to rewatch it to see if like, I pick up on more the second time around. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. It's technically beautiful. Um, you know, the acting and performances are great. And it's a great, like, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's a vibe, it's an aesthetic. Like when you're in the mood for like a spooky, you know, uneasy, melancholy type. Almost a noir, you know. Like I felt like it was very reminiscent of a noir. Um, you know, I think it's a great choice. So,
2: yeah.
1: Did, also, uh, go ahead. Josh. What did
2: what did Faraz think of that? If we get oh, like, he,
1: a bite hated to... yeah. he
2: hated yeah. it. He hated it. Yeah, I was gonna say you could cut this or not uh, if you if you want to delay. But Avita uh, Chopi uh, Faraz is reading of Parasite, <laughs> and I just let out oh, a huge. What did laugh. he?
1: Yeah, he didn't even finish Parasite. He shouldn't be able to read it. Um, yeah, wow. we got to like, we got to the to almost the end of the movie to the garden party scene. And he was like, oh, Uh-oh. um, That's and I was like, oh, I know, I know. I was really upset actually, but, um, you know, what, what, what can I do? So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to expand his horizons. Um, it's not going well. <laughs>
0: i i i I thought it was i was like as i was watching this i'm like oh he's gonna hate this
1: yeah he also didn't even really watch it he was just like watching it as i was watching it and he was like what is this he's like nothing is happening i was like yeah okay um and that wraps things up for another episode of all bad takes it's been a pleasure as always gentlemen and a big thank you to our listeners check back here next month for our next film from brian what will it be brian
3: we are going with one of my absolute favorite movies, 1992's *Wayne's World*. Party time! Excellent. Where can you watch *Wayne's uh, World*, I don't, Brian? Uh, beats me. I just bought it the 4K. Um, <laughs> He's I'll like, look. that's not my me, problem. Yeah, it's literally not my problem. I don't even think I need to watch the movie. Like, <laughs> but uh, I will. Uh, it's let on me check. Just do my H-B due diligence. England.
1: You can stream it on HBO Max, uh, or buy or rent Max. it on Amazon. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: It's Max. also, it's also Max, on. It's By the way.
1: It's on Hulu. Mine didn't show up as Hulu. Well, letter, Letterbox continues um, to lie to me.
0: Oh, for a premium subscription on Hulu.
1: Ah. Uh,
3: or you can, or you can notify me, and I'll, I'll just, you know, run line by line the movie in front of you. Um, Actually, I, I, I would prefer to
1: watch it that way. I would prefer to watch <laughs> it that way. Well, uh, yep. that Can't wraps wait. things up for this episode. Check back next month for our episode on Wayne's World. Very excited. Definitely a different tone than uh, Burning <laughs> has been. So that will be fun and full of hijinks.
3: Buckle up for this Wayne's World conversation because I have no idea how we're going to have like a formal discussion about it. I've never we'll seen
1: see. Wayne's World. so What? Oh, my God. My, yeah. Yeah. Which is
3: funny
0: because my dad, my 73-year-old dad constantly <laughs> references Wayne's World when I was younger. So oh. anytime I go anywhere he goes party on Wayne and I like go I don't know what I'm supposed to do here.
1: You say party on Garth. God, you uneducated ch- child.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm culture. glad I'm glad you were not there for my
3: upbringing cuz you would <laughs> definitely stunt it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that was a good burn. <laughs> do
3: you know do you know who's like who's in like like the cast of the film? Rob Josh? Lowe? Yeah, Rob He's Lowe, isn't it? Okay. Uh
0: um uh mike myers dana carvey i want to say uh um god what's his name from planet of the apes why can't i remember his name
3: oh charlton heston Ch- charlton heston the, like makes a key on this one right he 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 does in in wayne's world two. sometimes i get confused oh. but they're there is there are i mean okay yeah let's we'll just we'll put a pin on it because we can just keep going about this because you're so yeah. excited already i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a really fun discussion because it's you know it's it, it is it is quite a different kind of uh discussion that we just had <laughs> from some burning conversation